episode of Dusty Dimes with your host, TJ Plotter and Mike Warfield. How are you, TJ? Uh, I'm good, man. <laughs> Holy um, shit. I fucking hate Anchor. Anyway. Gotta love it. Gotta uh, love it. <laughs> to start this podcast, I mean, right off the bat, it's sponsored with Gotta Hockey. You know, you can't just watch hockey. You gotta play it. So, before we introduce our guest, uh, I'm going to give you background. He has been a former professional ice hockey player who played in the NHL for 10 different teams over the course of 19 NHL seasons. Um, he was also 1995 Stanley Cup champion. His hometown is New Jersey. He's currently, well, actually, his hometown's Brick, New Jersey. Let me clarify that. But uh, I think the best way to announce him, his name is Jim's da- Jim Dowd. Uh, the best thing about him, he was a New Jersey Devil. So, for him to be born in Jersey to end up playing hometown team, that that's got to be an honor of its own, you know. Dude, it's sick. It's it's just amazing. You know, I what I read on him too is he he coaches at Red Bank. Does he really? The Armory. Amazing. Yes, amazing. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Who's he coaching? Yeah. I don't, I have to look. It just says he's coaching at Red Bank. We got to ask him. So for a lot of people that don't know, uh, Jim played for the Devils, the Canucks, the Islanders, the Flames, the Oilers, the Wild, the Canadians, the Blackhawks, the Avalanche, the Flyers, and last the Hamburg, the Hamburg Freezers, excuse me. So it's kind of one of those things. He definitely has the, the goods. He has the experience. Um, he was a 6'1 center, right-handed shot. He was also drafted 149th overall in 1987 by the New Jersey Devils, and his playing career was from 1991 to 2008. So for a lot of people that don't know, um, Drew Dowd – or I'm sorry, Jim Dowd. Oh, my God. Where am I coming up? I'm thinking of Drew Dowdy for some reason. Drew so, That's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim Dowd, um, he also, you know, helps out with Brick Township High School. Um, he helped them win the NJSIA, which is the New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association Ice Hockey title. Um, oh, yeah. If you can say that 10 times fast, I'd be extremely impressed, but I can barely pronounce it once. So, you know, it, you know, for me to, how do I say it? For him to come out of Lake Superior State University um, out yep. of 87, he played four years for their, for their ice hockey team. And he also completed in the CC, or he competed, excuse me, in the CCHA. Um, yep. You know, it's cool because you don't really hear much about the CCHA and how you really compare that to the NCAA. Um, but for us, to hear him make it to NHL team, you know for a fact it's a decent enough league for him to make it somewhere to oh, at least be playing in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the guy coming out of New Jersey and he wins a Stanley Cup, like, that's just amazing. Just and, amazing. And, and that's the thing, man. Like, it, you know, for him – it, it, it's just where he comes from also to make the NHL. It's, it's phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. Ladies and hey, gentlemen, hey, Jim guys. Dowd, how are you, Jim? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. Good. So I guess right off the, right off the bat for me is, you know, being from Brick, New Jersey, ended up playing for the New Jersey Devils. You know, is that a dream come true for you? Is that something that you always wanted? Yeah, of course. Obviously, dream come true. I mean, it's one of those – I was just a kid growing up playing hockey, baseball, all those sports, and um, never left. Played brick hockey club, brick high school, and got drafted right out of there. You know, which was unheard of till even to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Max McNabb was the GM at the time. He drafted me, and it, it was unbelievable feeling. So definitely, obviously, a dream come true. 
you know, back then too, I mean, you were a six one center. I mean, when playing, you know, even for the ten teams you did play for, did you see a lot of guys that were six foot plus or did you guys start to see a lot of smaller guys as centermen? Nah, the guys were huge back then, you know. There's more smaller guys than ever playing now. There's still a, a ton of bigger guys as well, but back then, I mean, I was average. I was average, six foot, 190, I was average, average size. Now, what made, you, huge. what made you different since you consider yourself an average guy? What made you, you know, an NHL center? What made um, you that level? I just love playing the game, and, you know, I just I considered myself a pretty smart, heady player, you know what I mean? And I always took pride on playing both ends of the ice, and, you know, I just I could do a little bit of everything. I mean, it was a, a score my whole life. Um Actually, I didn't play center until I went to college. I played, you know, wing in high school and travel hockey growing up. So I never played center until my freshman year of college. And it just all seemed to work out. You know, I was one of those guys. I just thought the game pretty well and and uh, took pride on playing a two-way hockey game. Now, did you did you have a specific coach when you played uh, college hockey that turned you into, you know, a two-way player, basically? Um, yeah, Frank Anzalone. Frank Anzalone was the head coach, and Jeff Jackson, who's now the head coach at Notre Dame, he was our assistant coach. So I had some amazing coaches in college. And, uh, you know, right from the get-go, I started out at center, and, and you know, the, the rest is history. And he was just all about, you know, playing hockey the right way. That's phenomenal. I, I mean, and speaking of coaching, do you coach as of right now? Yeah, I have two boys. My oldest son's 19. He is in the USHO with the Chicago Steel, and he's uh, committed to Penn State, so he's going to Penn State next year. Good for him. I don't have to coach him anymore. I still coach my youngest son, Anthony. We're on the New Jersey Titans U16 premier team, so, um, you know, the O3s. Jim, I guess um, for me, it's, you know, since you were in the NHL for, you know, how many seasons and, you know, watching your, your kids now, do you ever kind of, from the crowd, you want to coach them a little bit, or do you kind of just let the coach uh, – well, no, no. I mean, I, I still coach my youngest son, but okay. uh, my oldest son, nah, I just, you know, I just watch the games, let it go. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm a fan now of my oldest son. <laughs> that's not a coach anymore. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. TJ, off to you, brother. Yeah, Jim, you know, you, it says here, you know, you had a famous, you know, the, the, the game-winning goal in, in game two of the Stanley Cup finals. Like, what? What was that like knowing that you guys were making a run for the cup and that and that'll forever be a moment in New Jersey Devil history? Oh, it was incredible. You I mean we went into uh, Detroit was the president's trophies winners that year and mm-hmm. obviously we came out of the east, they came out of the west and, and they were supposed to sweep us and obviously yeah. the opposite happened. And we were, you know, scared, you know, uh, you know, those guys we just we couldn't let up for one second. I mean even yeah. even after game three, we just we couldn't let up for a second, even in game four. You know, because that team could explode at any time. If you go back and look at that roster, I mean, holy cow, they were they, they were that. unbelievable. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, their team was phenomenal. You guys just played with more heart, and it yep. showed. It, it literally showed. That's why you guys came out with the cup. Yeah. You know, um, for me, I guess right off the bat is you know playing for ten different teams. Did you ever have a specific organization that I wouldn't say you favored it, but you truly enjoyed better than another organization? Uh, people ask me that all the time. Obviously, New Jersey was great because I'm born and raised here, the first and only New Jersey native to do what I did. Mm-hmm. Well, that was awesome. But throw them aside, the Montreal Canadiens. I loved everything about playing for Montreal. 
Now, was hmm. more of a city aspect or organization aspect or kind of all around? Uh, combination all around. More so, there's just, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, the history of the Montreal Canadiens, like playing for the New York Yankees, you know? Yeah. Obviously, my time in Minnesota was amazing. Four great years there. Um, you know, it was only one year in Minnesota, uh, Montreal, but I absolutely loved it. I mean, you know, obviously, Jock Lemaire was my coach in Jersey. And then, uh, and then uh, who else? I had uh, Jock Lemaire in Minnesota and Mario Tremblay and, you know, and Doug Riseborough was the GM. So it was just, it was just the Montreal Canadiens. Nothing you can more you can say about it. It's an amazing place to play. You know, the warm-ups, the energy is incredible. Uh, every single game's a sellout. Um, and it's the number one thing there. Now, are we able to talk about your 92, 93 year when you were in the AHL? Um, you know, you made a couple of single game NHL appearances in both seasons. Uh, but for you, you became the top scorer in the AHL for the Albany River Rats. I mean, is that one of those things that you had to work for every day or is this something that came naturally for you? Oh, just, you know, I mean, like I said, I was a scorer my whole life, uh, all the way up to college, even the first few years in pros and you know, I, I used to get called up for the power play and then sent back down. But it was one of those. Then all of a sudden, you know, you, you got to find a role and a, and a way to stick in the NHL for good. And, uh, you know, it's I, I loved every second of playing in the minors as well. I mean, I was a leading scorer my first year, got one game up. Leading scorer my second year, one game up. And then my third year, that's when leading scorer and I, well, that's when I got up, you know, full time. I was only up and down for a little bit. And that's when the mayor was in New Jersey. So he – uh you know, he really liked me. He's the one that got me to the NHL. That's hmm. phenomenal. Now, Jim, what was your what was the experience like? You know, going to the Minnesota Wild in the expansion draft in two thousand, being you know a veteran of the game, as you say. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I was in Edmonton the year before with Kevin Love was the head coach, McTavish the assistant, and Teddy Green. Yeah. And I, I absolutely loved playing there. I had a great year there, and Doug Riseborough. Um, he was with Edmonton, I believe, and then he went and got the Minnesota job. So I sort of knew that if I was available, they were going to take me. And, uh, you know, uh, when I found out Lemaire was the coach, you know, I got to play for him again. So it was great. And I knew right off the bat we'd be a solid competitive team. Yeah. And then we're going to fast forward to 2006 when you went back to the Devils. What was, what was the feeling like going back to New Jersey? Oh, it was great. I always wanted to go back there. And then I had heard yeah. that uh, the Devils tried to trade for me. You know, yep. uh, the year before that. So right after the season in, what was it, oh five oh six? Yeah, right okay. after the season I finished in Colorado, I called Lou Lamorell up myself, you know what I mean, and, and said, hey, listen, I want to come back and play. So, yeah. And it worked out great. And I had shoulder surgery. I had my labrum uh, shoulder surgery on my shoulder, the labrum, my left shoulder, and I was going to be out for a while. And he said, listen, you know, we don't have money. Because they were over the cap, he goes, but I want you. And you come here. Uh, we agreed that I'd come there. And once I was ready to play, he'd make room for me. So I took his word for it because Lou is a uh, word of, uh, you know, he, he's, if he says something, he's going to do it. And uh, Lou Lamorella. And then I went there and got healthy. And it was about, um, I only missed a little bit of the first month. He made room mm-hmm. for me and gave me a contract and the rest is history. I could have mm-hmm. signed a two-way deal in the summer with yep. them or waited until I got healthy and signed a one-way. And I just said, no, I'll wait, you know. And so I waited and got healthy and he signed a one-way deal. Now, now speak, speaking of Lou, was, you know, I don't want to come off context. Saying, was he really a hard-ass the way people perceive him? Because you know him personally. Uh, yes and no. You know what I mean? Yeah. The bottom line is just it's, 
it's a business. This is a team. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you do what he says, you know, you, you just buy into what everybody's doing and yeah, it's your Absolutely. best chance of winning. If not, you're going to be gone. Same thing as New England Patriots. What's, there's nothing wrong about true. it. I mean, you yeah. do what they say. If not, you're going to be gone. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's and funny that. You... Go ahead, go ahead Mike. It's, no, fun... it's funny that you say that, you know, buying into a system. We, uh, TJ and I both coach uh, 14 to 16-year-olds, and that's our biggest issue right now is trying to tell them, like, listen, at a young age, if you truly buy into a system, you will, you will win games. And I think that with the generation coming up at such a young age, it, it's so tough to get them to really trust the coach's, you know, decision on a system. And, you know, from an NHL standpoint, you, you truly do have to buy into a system to win games or you'll get pumped. Yeah, I mean, every team, every, I mean, hockey, football, basketball, I mean, every team, you got to, everyone's got to be on the same page. The bottom line is if your best players are, if your best players aren't your best players, both on and off the ice, you don't have a chance mm-hmm. of winning. You Absolutely. can have all the talent in the world, but, you know, your, your so-called most talented and best players, they have to be the best players both on and off the ice. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, returning back to Jersey, it says, you know, you were forced to wear number 12 when John Madden had your old 11. Did you try to work a deal out with him to get your number back? No, that was – I didn't I didn't care about that. No, that oh, was okay. – that, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was no big deal. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good friends with him to this day. You know, he's doing well. Yep. You know, um, that was the least of my things. I was 39 years old at the time. I just wanted to play. No, I hear you. It's just some players yeah. like to do oh, that. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hear stories. They buy their number back. Yeah. And all that, you know. <laughs> the petty shit. Yeah, right. Um, so, Jim, after the 2004 season, um, after the Montreal Canadiens season, you ended up becoming a unrestricted free agent, right? So you signed with Germany's uh, Hamburg Freezers. Uh, during the 2004-05 NHL lockout, um, what was that going from NHL to Germany back to the NHL? Uh, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Getting back to the NHL because uh, Germany it could be great. You know, they had – that was one of the leagues. Over the most leagues, you're only allowed four imports, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Germany, you were allowed 11. So it was basically like an NHL slash American League hockey team over there. We had 11 North Americans, and then the rest were – we had 10 – you know, German guys. Um, Holy smokes. And it, it, could be great. it could be great over there in Europe, but most of the places, it's just they just don't do it right, you know, and there's so much BS going on, you know, not yeah. paying you your money or taking money out of your check when they're not supposed to, and, you know, it's just crazy stuff happens over there in Europe. doesn't matter where it is. Now, it, I mean, you saying that right then and there, I mean, for me, is that a common thing in Euro hockey? Yes, or, okay. very common. Okay. It's good to oh, know yeah. them. Yeah, it's great. It's crazy you say that because a lot of guys, you know, Mike and I know some a bunch of ECHL guys that literally leave the ECHL to go over play overseas because of the money. Yeah, if you get get if you get to the right place and you can put up yeah. with a little bit of stuff, you can make a great career. Go over there, play for five, seven, ten years, and bank mm-hmm. some good money, and come back and start your life after hockey. It, hmm. It's it's there's a lot of positives to it over there. It's just that there's also a lot of negatives. It depends on where you go. I, I, and I think that's the toughest part is like figuring a team that you really don't know much about and fitting yep. in with it. I mean, that's like for you too. I mean, going from, you know, 10 different NHL teams out of those 10 NHL teams, how many systems did you have to change? That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a joke when people get confused about systems. It's just simple hockey. Yep. Everybody it's, it's, yeah, that, that, that annoys me when people say that, you know, Oh, I got to get used to the system. That's all BS. 
Okay. You go out, you play hockey. It's it's basically the the same thing everywhere. You know what I mean? Give or take a few things. I love but hearing it's that hockey's you. hockey. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Simple hockey is better hockey. I it's mean, just everybody look at every single game right now. Can you tell what system they're using? Nope. Everybody looks exactly the same. Exactly. And that's the funny part is, you know, I had young kids, you know, at right now so worried about what they're about to do on the ice. And in reality, it's just how do you not know just to fill in the gaps? Like, you know, fill in for a player if they step up. You know, if you see a defenseman step step up, have a forward drop back. I mean, that's one of my biggest issues right now, just watching kids overcomplicate hockey instead of making it easier for themselves. Yeah, and a lot of coaches do too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like I said, it's get the puck in deep, two guys on the puck, first guy takes the body, second guy takes the puck, third guy high, be in the position. You know, I mean, it's not rocket science. No, and trust me, it's, it's, it's I, pretty I say simple. That every time, it's not rocket science. I swear to God, I wish you were at one of my practices. <laughs> oh, I, my per- I, personally, I personally think they should ban all hockey, all film from hockey. I've been saying that for years. Ban film. Only the coaches can watch it. Players shouldn't be allowed to watch film. It's because- a joke. Now, is that one of those things that you think that they get in their own head or? Nah, it's just, it's just that time. And everyone talks about the devils, the trap and all that BS. Mm-hmm. Every single team does that now. Every Absolutely. team yeah. goes into the one, two, two, and nobody talks about it. That's so funny. I run a it's one, two, two It's just a joke. Uh, no, it, every team does. It's a it, joke. It's, it's, you're it's absolutely right. right. And Jacques Lemaire was all about, you could do whatever you wanted with the puck. You know, just don't lose it at the blue lines. You know, you lose it once, you lose it two or three times, and they're going to sit. But you could do whatever you wanted. The defenseman, if his, if his defenseman had open ice to skate the puck up, they could skate it up all day long. If someone was, if someone was ahead of him, headman the puck and join the rush. Yep. You know? And, you know, it, it's funny, too, because you see such young kids thinking that they have to do it themselves, you know, trying to pull toe drags in the neutral zone, and then all of a sudden they get stripped, and they go down on two-on-one, and they score. And they come back to the bench with their hands, and they're like, Coach, like, I don't know what I did wrong there. Like, you know what? All right. Yeah. You're right, apparently, for doing a toe drag in the neutral zone. But that, that's one of those things. Like, I try to preach to the guys, like, get the puck deep, you know, dump and chase, wear the defenseman out, be a third-period team. Um, and that's for a U16 standpoint. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's one of those – some of the guys, the 10-foot rule, 10-foot inside our blue line, get it out, 10-foot outside us, get it in. But you can – if you can skate the puck in, skate it in. If you can't, dump it. Yep. Only two, two, two things. Skate now, the puck in. If you can't skate it in, dump it in. Jim, I, I also heard uh, that you coach for Red Bank. Now, is it your son's team, or do you, do you like coaching the older teams, younger teams? No, I coached, I coached in Red Bank, my oldest son, Jimmy. Okay. All the way up through okay. Phantoms okay. and Anthony. And now Anthony's with the Titans. That was only a double-A organization. And Jimmy went triple-A with the Titans, and so was my son, Anthony, on the Jersey Titans. Good for him. Yeah, that's and they have a nice. team in the and North American Hockey League as well. But, yeah, that's where we're playing at. And – you know, I said that, you know, you have a, a foundation. It's almost like an annual Shore High School All-Star Hockey. Yeah, I had that for 20 years. We don't do that anymore. I did it for 20 years. You know, okay. we'd raise money, give it away to a local family or individual or organization. You know, it was great. And then 20 years and just passed it off to the local newspaper. That's phenomenal. It's the little things like that, you know, reach community that just makes, you know, your community that much closer. Um, now, is there something that – you look back on in your NHL career that you wish you could either change or do over again? Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a big guy in regrets and all that. You know, uh, I actually wish I would have, uh, when I was 28 years old, that's when I got into uh, 
you know, changed my whole diet and healthier lifestyle and it changed my career. I wish I would have, that's the one thing I wish I would have known when I was younger. Just kind of eating healthier and staying on a, yeah, a, a little, routine almost. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Now, do you have any advice for younger players that, you know, have intentions of trying to, you know, make it to the NHL one day? Yeah. Just work hard and believe in yourself. You got to believe you're the best. No one's better than you. That's awesome. And, you know, you know and, so. and just, just, just keep your mind, you know, try to keep your mind straight. And just work, 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 and, and don't just only worry about what you can control. And is that is that that's how you prepare, how you work, and, and go from there? Because there's so many things in pro sports you can't control that you're just going to be like, what is going on? It doesn't make yeah. sense, and you know, and you can't you can't worry about that. Like I said, just just focus, stay focused, work hard, and believe you're the best. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing is, you know, keeping a positive outlook on everything. And even though if you're a 16A, you know, skater, or a 16A goaltender, you never know. You could try out for a triple-A team next year and actually make it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, Jim, I, I, I got, I got my, my last question for you. You know, when you were with the Flyers, what, what was it like playing with them against the devil, the rivalry, for, rivalry one spectrum from the other? Was there, was there a huge rivalry between you players or no? Uh, yeah, but nothing like it used to be. Like I said, I tell the story all the time because I played, I came in in uh, 91 when there was mm-hmm. a couple guys still not wearing helmets and hockey was obviously totally different back then. And yeah. all the way through to the the lockouts and then the changing of the rules. And then like, for example, my first few years, we'd go into Philly on the bus. You know, we'd go down the night before, stay at the hotel and then, you know, get on the bus to go to the game at, you know, 4.30, the game's at 7.00. And, We'd have Scott Stevens on the bus, Mike Peluso, Randy McKay, Kenny Danico. I mean, holy cow, the list goes on. These guys, you know, as tough as can be, as tough as, as, tough as you're going to get. You know, you couldn't, you mm-hmm. couldn't hear a pin drop on the bus because you're going into Philly, you know, yeah. getting ready to play. It's like, okay, this is going to be, you know, a battle. And then my last year playing with the Flyers, my last two years, 06, 07 with the Devils, and then 07, yep. 08 with the Flyers. It was like going to play a youth hockey league game. Nobody was worried about anything. You know, there's, you know, just it was totally different, totally different mindset. You know, I mean, just let that sink in for a second. You know, yeah. Flyers had Dave Brown, Tockett. I mean, the list would go on and on. And hockey was just totally different. Now there's nobody's scared of anything anymore in hockey. Nobody. Now, do you think that? Do you think that's good or bad for the game? It's just a whole element that's out of the game. Hockey is a game yeah. of intimidation. You try to, hey, the bottom line is we're going into play Philly. You know, you, you want to go out and, you know, nothing dirty, but you want to take, you know, make sure you, you're extra physical on their top players and protect yeah. our top players and vice versa. And that was, it was a game, it was a chess match, game inside the game, you know. Um, I mean, it got to one point where it got really stupid. They're, your tough guy would just fight their tough guy for no reason, but you know, going back to those other games, you know, with, with all those guys, it was, it, was a, it was a chess match, you know what I mean? When you had Scott Stevens and Rick Tockett fighting, it, it was awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, Two yeah. of the best players on each team. You know, that never it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, they might as well just take fighting out of hockey. What I don't understand either is they talk about headshots, all these headshots, but they're allowing fighting. What's the yeah, whole point of, point of fighting is you want to yep. punch the guy in the head as hard as you can. Very true. So, I mean, it doesn't, you know, and I get it, you know, no one should be going at somebody's head with a check. But all this headshot talk, headshot talk, but they're allowing fighting still, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're contradicting themselves, basically. Yeah, like the whole point of a fight is to punch somebody in the head as hard as you can and knock them out. <laughs> yeah, like you said, that goes back on the whole thing where, like, you're trying to intimidate someone. Your toughest guy, you want to make sure you still have the toughest guy on the team, if not the league. You want yeah. everyone scared of him. Like, you yeah. don't want – it's like a Conor McDavid. You know, Conor McDavid can't go out and do his job without Milan Lucic, you know, protecting him, you know, nowadays. But Milan Lucic doesn't really go around fighting anymore. No, he didn't even need Milan Lucic to protect him. Who needs to be protected now? Yeah, nobody. Exactly. Exactly. It's a fast game. It's all about finesse. We get away. It's literally taking away from the old school hockey of, you know, grinding hard. And actually, you know, the 50-50 battles were legit 50-50 battles. Not one of those things where, oh, it's Connor McDavid. You know for a fact he's going to beat you to the puck. Like, go ahead, take it. I'll just play you. Yep. And that's the thing that – I watch a normal game anymore. Like, I'm sorry, watching the Flyers play that Euro team and we lost, not a good sign. Even though it's Yeah, what happened? Well, yeah, I what's, just heard what, that, man. What's your, what's your take on that, Jim? Because me and Mike were watching it, like, we, put it, we put it this way, Jim. I gambled on that and I lost money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to gamble against the Flyers and I should have. checking those guys must have been really hungover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. You know what? It, it's I and again, like I, I'm, I'm a closet flyer fan, you know, because I'm from Jersey mm-hmm. and won a cup of the Devils and all that, and you know, uh, but I absolutely loved my one year in Philadelphia. Paul Holmgren was awesome. The whole organization, Ed Schneider, amazing human being, God rest his soul. And I absolutely hated them growing up, but I <laughs> loved playing for them, and it was one of my favorite years playing hockey. We actually went from, uh, well, I wasn't with the team the year before, but that was the year before where they finished 15th in the East, last place. Oh, and then we yep. ended up making the conference finals that year. And I was 40 years old. I had a great role. I played with Sammy Kapanen, me, him, and Riley Cote. I killed all the penalties with Kapanen, and we had a great run. You know, we lost in the conference finals to the Penguins. Jim, you know, what, what was geez. it like playing with Riley? I mean, you know, we had him on our podcast uh, earlier. You know, I played men's league with him personally. Um, you know, when I battle with him nowadays, even in men's league, one-on-one in the corner, I, I'm giving 110%, and I feel like he's getting 50, and yet he still whoops me. So that's the scary part. What was he like back then? No, he's great. He, he became a great friend of mine to this day, and uh, obviously we're line mates, teammates, and you, you get that special bond, and then especially when you have a good run in the playoffs, he was just a great guy, and I'm so glad that he's doing very well right now. He's married with two beautiful daughters, and yep. he's just a salt-of-the-earth guy that wants to help people. And uh, we, we hit it off from day one, you know what I mean? And that's a nice part. You know, it's funny, too, because everyone thought with Riley, you know, since he was a tough guy, you know, always willing to look out for his teammates, be the fighter. They thought he was just going to be the hardest guy to talk to off the ice. But in reality, he's probably the easiest down-to-earth guy that you could possibly talk to. Yeah, and he's, he was always like that. You know, he was always uh, – was well, to me, he was, you know what I mean? Just a, you know um, – and like I said, though, he's a rare breed, you know? He uh, is. Oh, yeah. And, he's uh, a tough oh, yeah. guy. I would yeah, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's just – like I said, it's somewhere along the way there it got to the point where, you know – the whole tough guy thing got out of control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now they're totally wiped it out. I wish they would go back to somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Where like the mm-hmm. early nineties, you know, when you had guys, you know, uh, it, it was really there for a reason. You have like Derek Bugard and everything like that entering the league. And, you know, it, it, guys, like you said, like Scott Stevens, it's, you just never want to go with them. They're just big guys and they're intimidating guys that, you know, they brought a sense of, how do you say it? like a swagger on the ice? Like it's kind of one of those things that you roll up and you're playing against the Devils. You know for a fact you're not going to go run their top guy because you're going to have to answer to someone. 
Yeah, yeah. And if you do, you, you're ready for it, you know. And another thing, how about this? Every back at, back then, if if the you know say we're Flyers are playing the Devils, doesn't matter what team it is. And if it's as soon as a, one team, say the Devils got up two nothing on the Flyers, mm-hmm. you knew that next shift that someone from the Flyers was coming out and try to stir it up with somebody on the Devils to get momentum for them. That never happens anymore. Nope. The second it would be two nothing, and in the first period, someone from the other team of the losing side would come out and be like. Let's get something going here and try to change the momentum. Well, and, and the funny part now is, you know, if you look at the Flyers organization, who is their go-to guy? No one. I mean, they had Stewart, uh, uh, you know, as a healthy scratch for the past two games. And I don't even think he's making our final roster. And he was the only guy uh, that's willing to go. Yeah, like I said, it, it's, it's done. Yep. It, it's not coming back. There's no way it's coming back. And he was only on a tryout contract. So for him to yeah. not really make it out of camp, like you said, it's done. Yeah, that, that, that whole thing is done. I mean, you know, you might as well just, you know, which teams are doing, putting a fourth line together that's just smaller and skilled. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And a fourth liner now is basically not necessarily your gritty guys. It's the guys that are, like you said, are skilled that are basically almost there just to, you know, give eat, eat up some ice time so the first, second, and third liners get some, you know, a breath behind them to go back yeah. out. I yeah, mean, I mean, you look at the two teams in the bottom line is this. you got to have four. It, it, it's been forever. You have to have four lines, 60, yep. two goalies, and extra guys that are ready to go. I mean, look at the Bruins and the Blues last year. They had four freaking great lines on every, both teams, you know. The Blues, and, uh, the Blues were just a phenomenal story from, you know, last place team to a Stanley Cup champion. You, you can't write it any better than that. That's almost like Vegas winning the Cup for their first season. Oh, yeah, that, and that's another thing. Another guy, Craig Berube, used to be with the Flyers, those teams in the early 90s when I was there. You know, oh, yeah. and I'm so happy for him because I came, uh, you, know, uh, you know, close friends with him, you know what I mean? And Because uh, my, my last year there in Philly, he was the head coach of the farm team, the, the Phantoms. Yeah. And I'm so happy for him, man. He put his time in. He got a shot with the Flyers. It didn't work out. He went back to the minors, grinded it out, and then he did an amazing job with the Blues, and I'm so happy for him. You know, I was psyched for guys like that. Just good, good guys all around. And just yeah. kind of like what you said, like a guy that just truly went from, you know, the bare – I wouldn't say bare bottom because the AHL is not a bare bottom league whatsoever. But, you know, again, thrown back down to the A and then brought back up to the show and then actually winning a cup. Yeah, kudos to him, you know. I mean, especially when he played back in his day, he was always a good player. Yeah, and he's so a perfect, he deserved he's a perfect, it. Yeah, he's a perfect example of a guy when he played, came in as a fighter, and then worked on his skills. This now he became an effective player, and he could fight. Yeah, you know, so that was a huge part of every team he was on. And if you look at his team, you know the Blues. There's the good, gritty, hardworking team that had a little bit of skill. Yeah, but the nice part is too watching the Blues. You know, you got Ryan O'Reilly. You know, you got you got skilled players like from Tarasenko and whatnot, but. You don't necessarily have a guy that's willing to go, but you always have a guy that's there to stick up for you. Like, you know, just let the, you know, say, for instance, you get hit from behind. Yeah, he's not going to fight for you right away, but he's going to grab the guy. Let him know, like, hey, listen, you can't be doing that. And I think that's one thing Craig got lucky with. He never really had to deal with the dumb penalties last season. He had a team that just was willing to work for what they wanted. Yeah, because if he didn't work, you're not going to play. Exactly. Especially Mm -hmm. for the fourth line guys. Exactly. I mean, you got to stay the extra 20 to 30 minutes after practice, skate yourself, work on the little things, the fundamentals. And, you know, their fourth line came through, you know, during playoffs. They, they outworked, you know, most second, third liners 
on other teams. So, yep. you know, hats off to the Blues. They, they definitely deserved the cup last year, especially from being a last-place team. Oh, they totally deserved it. You know what I mean? I mean, both of those teams, the Bruins won, they deserved it as well. But uh, the Blues, just everything came together at the right time. It's crazy, too. Nice. I, I never expected them to win the cup. I really didn't. I mean, you know, when Tampa got knocked out, my whole bracket was shot. Everybody's was shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was an upset. But, uh, TJ, do you have anything else, brother? Yeah, Jim, I got two two questions for you. Yeah. Uh, one, one being, you know, you said you were a closet flyer, hated the flyers when you were growing up. Did that go with the Rangers as well, being from New Jersey? Yeah, like the uh, was a Ranger fan until 82 when the Devils moved to New Jersey. I was 13. And then I yep. was like, oh, this is great. Finally got a team we could root for because we had no baseball, football, basketball, hockey team in New Jersey. Yep. So I became a Devils fan in 82. And then after nice. playing the Rangers my rookie year in 93, 94, I hate all New York teams now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm a closet Flyers fan, but I absolutely love the Flyers. Brad Marsh does an amazing job with their alumni. I mean, yeah, that's that, that's what I the, that's what I wanted to ask you as well. Do you stay in contact with the Flyers yes. alumni oh, and the yeah. Devils alumni? Oh, both of them. Yep, yep. And and yeah. Brad Marsh does a great job. They got so much so much stuff going on with the alumni with the Flyers. It's great. Yeah. Um, you know, and the Devils as well. I still do some stuff for them. You know, when I can make it, uh, and vice versa. Both teams. Nice, nice. And then my my last thing is, is you got you're doing. You're doing your own your hockey school now or your clinics? Is that correct? Yeah, I just do gym dad hockey on Tuesdays. I mean, I, I just do it one day a week because I don't want it to be yeah. a job. You know, it's fun. I love doing it. I always have two goalies. I got about eight to ten kids every Tuesday. You know, and it, it's fun. Nice, nice. That's awesome. And the guy Nick, the guy Nick who does the Zamboni there at the at the Hal Ice World Rink, is a huge Flyers fan. He's from down South Jersey, so it's great. Nice Talk Flyers. With nice. Him. That's, <laughs> that's <fucking> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but uh. Other than that, Jim, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your week to come and speak with us. You know, uh, we'd love to have you on future, you know, episodes. Yeah, whenever you want. Anytime, awesome. guys. Now that I got the app, I, you know, I got the app. <laughs> well, I, I did it. I created it, but I never downloaded the app. That's what happened. Gotcha. So, I, so I'm good to go now. I got the app on here. And anytime, guys. Awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. We Thank appreciate you. it. Okay, guys. Thanks. Talk to you. Yep. Bye. So real quick, beauty. Before we uh, beauty. move on to the next thing, um, I guess we should talk about you know our our couple of our sponsors. So the season is upon us. Time for most of you guys, um, hopefully gals, maybe not gals, to grow out your beards. If you are growing a beard as a woman, that's a little weird. But hey, you know what? It's your world. I'm just living in it. So unlike me, I cannot grow a beard for shit. But for the people who can, go check out Bear Beards on Facebook and let us know what you guys think. Um, also let them know you guys listen to Dusty Dimes so you guys get a 10% off uh, promo code. If you guys would like to purchase anything from Bear Beards, such as beard oil, beard balm, chapsticks, combs, hell, even some merchandise from Bear, go to Etsy.com. Um, it's E-T-S-Y.com and then type in Bear Beards, B-A-R-E Beards, and let us know what you guys think. Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess to roll into the next, se- the next segment, you know, should we talk about the Flyers game that just happened? Yeah, dude. I, I listen for the audio, audience doesn't know. Like, I'm not. I I'm far from a gambler or better. But I, you know, I looked at the thing yesterday and I sent Mike as my witness. I sent him. You know, what if I bet three hundred dollars against the Flyers? And what was it? It was like fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred dollars. I would have won. And I sh- I was like, man, should I do it or shouldn't I do it? And then when they went up four nothing, I'm like, mother. Well, the worst part is we didn't think an NHL team was going to lose to a Euro team. I'm sorry. Like, those Euro players are fighting to get into the NHL. And the fact that they just beat you, 
I'm sorry, just you might as well get that, that Euro team the Flyers jersey and just be like, oh, oh, that's the new Flyers for the season. Mike, it was sickening, man. Like I when we watched it, like I it was kinda it, they were all over them and then at the in the third period you saw that the Swiss team busted their load. Oh hard. And the fly the Flyers were in their zone and you know, they just couldn't get the goalie, the, the, the goalie stood on his head, man. And the funny part is they switched the goalie out in between a second uh, intermission. So the yeah. goalie that only let it one goal, right? And then all of a sudden yep. they threw in the younger kid who I think yeah. was like 20 or 19. He, only, he let nothing in. Literally nothing went in. Yeah. And I'm, just, I'm over here like baffled how we have apparently the best goaltender in the, in the entire league lets up three Genos. Or four Genos, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's frustrating because you know we apparently have a bunch of young talent, we have all this depth, we have a great goaltending, but yet the superstar goaltender that is supposedly be the next Carey Price, lead us to the next Stanley Cup, shits in bed against not even an dude, NHL team. Dude, some of those shots that that was bad, man. Like hopefully it was the Olympic ice that tired them out or something. I don't know. But that's it, what I'm I, I'm hoping it was his angles on the Olympic ice. That's that's what I'm hoping it goes at. But my thing is, how much do your angles change on Olympic ice? Uh, As I an mean, NHL goaltender. I mean, I heard when I was watching, I don't know if you watched it between, you know, Chris Taron was talking about it, too. He said it's it's really like with the width of the rink, it really throws you off, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I admit, you know, he could have had two of those goals, but the one where it was off the face-off and the guy shot it from the point, he was clearly screened. Yep. You know what I mean? He didn't see that one, but the other ones, it was like, come on, Carter. My thing hey. is, though, right, if a Euro team can beat us and we're about to play another NHL team, I'm sorry, with the depth like, you know, John Tavares, or I'm sorry, John Tavares, Jonathan Taves, um, Patrick Kane, you know, you got Crawford or Nett if they want to play him. And on top of that, you're not even on American soil. You're in Prague. And they're playing on another, I think, Olympic, Olympic ice. Of ice. So both teams. Well, hopefully, let's let's clarify, right? This is yep. going to be the second game for the Flyers on an Olympic sheet, and this is going to be the first game for Chicago. So hopefully, the Flyers do have an advantage. No, no, right? Chicago. Chicago played a Germany team, and I oh, believe they beat mind. them never two mind. to one or three or three to one. So they struggled. They, I think they there was one one going in the third period. What kill against a Germany? What, team. what kills me too, and I know German teams like German professional teams. There's men's league teams in the United States that could be considered a professional German team, if that makes oh, sense. Sure. Because German oh, hockey, yeah. and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I went to go play in Montreal, we played against a German team, and they even said to us, they're like, listen, like, your team could be considered pro. And I laughed, and I'm like thinking to myself, like, we're not even that good of a men's league team, let alone pro. So what is pro like over there? And for the Blackhawks to only have like a one or two goal lead to finish it out, yeah. not a good yeah. sign. I don't think I, I. To be honest with you, I don't think it, I read something on the Devil or the Blackhawks are gonna. It's, they're gonna struggle. My question is right. If they're gonna struggle and we lose to them, or before you know, let me let me backtrack a little bit. Do you think the Flyers are gonna play Elliott or Hart after Hart's performance? You got to go back. You got to go back to Hart because you know you can't mess with the kid's fucking morale. Yep, you got to get redemption. Only, the, the, the kid only let up one goal in what forty-five shots or forty-six shots in preseason. Correct. One goal. Yeah. With NHL players, you know what I mean. Like I, you got to go back to him, give the kid a chance. You know what I mean. That, that's just me. It, I, it's kind of like what you know, touching on what Jim said. How everything's changing. There's no. 
old school hockey. It's all finesse. And I'm sorry, when you're going against a Euro team where they literally were born into finesse hockey, they don't know what hitting is. So, like, uh-huh. you're taking a NHL team, let alone the Flyers, who are known as the Broad Street Bullies. They're not known for finesse back in the day. They're known for mm-hmm. their hitting. They're known for their aggressiveness. They're known for their grit, right? Yep. And now all of a sudden you have an NHL league that's transitioning to a Euro style hockey and you're playing it's sickening. You're playing against a Euro team. I'm I'm not surprised we lost because you're trying to incorporate a new system, a new type of play against a team that's been playing that type of system since the Soviets played against Team USA. Yep. Yep. Like I, I'm sorry, I don't care what you know ages playing against an NHL team. It's a completely different style of hockey. It really is. And if you're not used to it, you're gonna get blown up. Yep. And that's what happened. I I think they they weren't ready to a faster paced team. They weren't ready for you know a a, a how do I say it um, a wider sheet of ice. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's those little things that you got to put in aspects for an NHL team to come in and play. It's yeah, they should perform. Yes, they should win a game. But at the same time, if they don't win a game, I mean, are you really that surprised? No, I and, and it's like Jim Jackson said uh, on the on the on the game yesterday. He goes, "It's it's kind of hard not knowing what time of day it is and when to go to sleep and when not to go to sleep." Yep. So I don't know if that was that was an issue as well. But it was it was. There's, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there watching it, and Adrian's like, "Jesus Christ, that's your fucking NHL team losing to the, a Swiss team." Like that's and that's the worst part is like it's a Swiss team. And yeah. you know what's cool though? I will say that uh, it's nice to see that for the final opening night, the 2019-2020 roster, right? Yep. Uh, I'm gonna mess this kid's name up because he's a brand new kid, uh, Torinsky or Tor. Torinsky, the kid, I, I love the kid. I'll tell you right now, watching him play, it, it's nice because he almost brought the game back, yes, or, you know, against the Swiss. Him, mm-hmm. him just being positionally sound, he's not the most skilled player, right? But yep. his IQ is there. He knows where to fill in. He knows where to read the, you know, read the play. And, you know, the goal for, you know, Sean Couturier at the end to make it a 3-4 game was because of the kid. Like, the kid doesn't stop. No. He does not stop. He literally was the reason why it deflected behind the goal crease, right? It rolled across the yep. goal line, and Sean Couturier, two by four, taps it in. And it's literally because the I, kid was positionally sound, and he made the right play. Yep. I love the kid. I, I truly like the kid. I think, you know, what the Flyers are doing with Chuck Fletcher and, you know, you know bringing the younger talent up and seeing – I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of – cutting Farabee down the Lehigh. I'm mm. not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that either, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things that even he said that you got to prove yourself. You got Konechny. He was – Konechny was considered a player at one point because, for one, mm-hmm. you know if he was going to resign. And on top of that is you have so many younger kids that are willing to take his spot. He's got to compete. And I'm sorry, yeah. in training camp, it doesn't matter if you have a contract or not. Even um, our – you know – I. I keep fucking up the coach's name, and I don't want to keep butchering it. So, it, it, Elaine Vane. Elaine Vane. Thank you. AV. Just call him AV. We'll, <laughs> AV. We'll say, you know, Vin, yeah, AV will say, because I can barely <laughs> speak a normal sentence. So, <laughs> for our head coach, AV, for him to even come out and say, like, even Claude Drew, <laughs> Jake Borchek, our top guys need to prove themselves. JVR, um, you know, you got, how do I say, you even got Shane Gosper, you know, Ivan Provorov, the top guys that are supposed to be leading our team, 
he said that he's willing to sit the top guys just to make you know a statement to prove to the fact that like you need to compete and that's yep. an NHL standpoint imagine you know uh, a youth standpoint a junior standpoint a college standpoint like these kids I think that they're the shit because they put up you know 20 to 40 goals last season then they go to a you know the next level and think they're gonna do the same thing it doesn't work like that you know come from an NHL coach saying that his you know top players need to prove themselves where's your excuse you don't yeah. you don't have one because yep. you need to prove yourself. I, I stress to my sixteen year olds now, like we're such a good team, but it's it's internally where we break down, not you know on the ice, it's on the bench. As soon as you, you let a goal in right away, it's like, well, that why wasn't a the defenseman there? Why wasn't he there? Why was, it doesn't matter, man. Like you win as a team, you lose as a team. You know, if one person skates, you all should be skating. And yep. I think that's the biggest thing kids, you know, at a young age don't realize is that they're playing as such individuals instead of, you know, taking the eye out of team and making an actual team, in, you know, effort. That's, yep. that, that's the biggest thing that I see at, you know. We deal with issues where you have the talent, but it's making the chemistry work to create that talent. And Dude, it, it, you don't even have to like. I, I, it's like your team and my team. The chemistry is there, and it just is not put together. Yep. And you got the dumb penalties, and, and then you got parents bitching. Why is my kid playing this much? It's because your kid's going around taking the dumb penalties, and I gotta run my PK. And I'm sorry, I'm only gonna run four guys I, I trust on PK. Like, if you don't like yeah. it, well, tell your kid to stop taking a dumb penalty. I'll tell you. And dude, one thing I, I this is like the last thing I want to touch on before we finish up the podcast mm-hmm. is I noticed this weekend with my son playing, you know, he, my son had a, a jamboree, you know, down in Aston PA. And, and one thing that it, that it bothered me and I know it would bother you, Mike, witnessing it is parents coming off the ice when the kids were coming off the ice in the locker room and the parents were talking to them, they were like, Oh, you did the great job. You did this, 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 and this, right? Yep. Not one parent told their kid what they did wrong or what they could work on. It was just feeding them bullshit. Like, you know, to keep going out and doing the same mistakes, even though. Yes. Yes. And I'm sitting, I literally sit up there and I'm like, you know, dumbfounded. Mentally, mentally noting in my head, like what Landon could work on, what could he do to get better? You know what I mean? And. I tell him the negatives before I tell him the positives because I'm a parent. I'm not going to feed my kid bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to do it. And that's one thing that's wrong with this world today is, you know, parents feeding their fucking kids bullshit when they could be better. And that's why it's a repetition with these kids for fucking up all the time. You know what I mean? And they're not going to get better. No. And that's, that's why, you know, oh, you did good, Johnny. You did this, this, and this. You... You know, you shot like Crosby. No, no. Shit, if you no, shot like Crosby, no. you would be playing at the level you're playing at that age. Let's be honest. Yeah. So it's just, it's just so aggravating, and, man. It really is. And that's what kills me, man. It's like, stop making your kid seem like a superstar when he's playing single A hockey. Because yeah, let's be like, honest, if he was a superstar at the age of 14 or 16, he'd be playing triple A somewhere. Dude, and these parents literally just like. It was other teams I noticed, man. They're yelling at their kids, like, do this, this, and this, and this, and this on the ice. Like, they have a coach out there for a reason. 
don't don't live through your kid. I, I said this numerous times. You've you know even last year with the Rebels, like quit living through your kid, man. Yep. Like even even midget hockey, quit living through your kid. Bantam hockey, quit living through your fucking. Kid. I'm lucky enough to say where I don't necessarily have that issue. Um, I have an issue where. I have a very, I wouldn't say a very skilled team, but a team that can definitely do damage when they play correctly, when they buy into a system, when they don't take dumb penalties, and when they don't argue with themselves. I have a very good team. Yep. That's the reason why yep. we're nine three and one or whatever it is. We should be, you know, fourteen and zero. But yeah, we, yeah, me too. We me too. We <laughs> lost games not from the penalties, from the refing standpoint, but from, like I said, from the bench standpoint. You know, yep. I send certain guys out. Uh, to match lines and you know I got kids looking at me like coach hey listen uh, I only had one shift this period okay there's a reason for that Yeah, and it's not because it's personal it's because this is a game that we need to win this is a game where I'm only sending the guys that I truly trust out there that won't yep. turn over the puck and if you don't like that and you're going to go back and like complain to your parents by all means I don't care like I really don't and it, it, uh, from another standpoint, it's like when you go to play juniors, it's not one of those. It's, th- it's not one of those things. It's going to be the same. It's going to be the same thing. You, like you're saying, yeah, you can't go to the coach and be like, "Hey, coach, by the way, I only got a period, not even like I got two shifts of this, you know, whole game." Guaranteed, a coach can, will look at you and be like, "Well, guess what? You're getting zero shifts next game because you want to bitch to me about that." That or you're going to get released and he'll sign another kid that's waiting in the wings. Yeah, absolutely, and like. You know, that's what kills me. I went around through my, my team, and I, I asked them, I was like, where do you see yourself within the next couple of years? Like, where do you want to pursue hockey? And 80% of them said juniors. And then the other yep. 20% said that they want to go play college hockey. And right away, it's like, I'm looking at them, like, you guys all have goals and everything, but yet you're the one hindering yourself from going and completing those goals because you want to doubt yourself. You want to doubt the other players on your team. And basically, like, you know, belittle them and belittle yourself it's like that doesn't make you a better hockey player that makes you worse it makes you yeah, a cancer as a team as a team player and i'm sorry oh, as a we, coach i i yep. will never let that happen on my team like i'll make sure that you never dress yep. and we know we know all about cancers on teams we'll tell you that yeah, and that, and that's the thing man it, it doesn't matter if you're a peewee player all the way up to a junior a player you should never be a cancer because if you're better than a certain player you should go up to that player and be like, hey, listen, let me help you. Stay an extra 15 minutes. Let's work on a few things. Yep. Instead of being like, wow, he's a bag of shit. Like, he shouldn't even play this week. He made the team for a reason, right? He's on your team for a specific reason. Just because yep. you're a line one player and he's a line four, if not a bubble player, doesn't mean you should treat him like a you know a bag of dicks. It just doesn't work like that. In the NHL, you see your fourth line players sometimes getting more playing time than your line one players because they work harder. <laughs> It's like you said, Mike, you know, I mean, you said you said it with Jim on on the podcast is, you know, if your player is a single A player this year he, and he and he goes and tries out for triple A, he can make it. There's always there's always someone better than yep. you. I, I tell that to Landon. My wife tells that to Landon all the time. You got to work hard because there's always someone better. than I you. trust my kids now where, you know, I tell them all the time, like, I guarantee you, you guys don't have a real job. Your mom and dad support you. And at the end of practice. You don't go home and think about hockey. You go home, play Xbox and PlayStation because that's what your generation is about. It's about video games instead of getting outside and shooting 100 pucks into a net until like you get blisters on your palms from your actual stick. Like There's so many things when I was young where I would stay out until it was pitch black out. The lights came on in the middle of the street, and my mom had to force me to come in. 
and I'm fighting to yep. come inside. Like, it's like nowadays, it's like you got to force your kid to go outside and, you know, shoot 20 pucks on a net. And yet, uh, yeah. then, then they come to the rink thinking they're superstars. Like, oh, well, coach, why am I not getting, you know, a full 60 minutes of ice time? When you're looking at him like, buddy, <laughs> when? When would you yeah. deserve that? Like, yep. you go home after this, don't give a shit about the team. And yet, you think that you deserve all this ice time. It doesn't work. And I'm sorry yeah. for the kids that think that they deserve all this ice time just because they score all these points. It doesn't work like that. It literally depends on how you practice. That's the way yep. I play all my kids. I look at yep. their work ethic and practice. Yeah, you want to dick around in practice? No problem. I'm not going to say anything, but I'll make sure I see it during the, your ice time. And it's like we said last year. You know what I mean? It's There's someone always watching. Always. And on and off the ice. You never know if you're 16. You can have a junior A coach looking at you. Yeah, they're not going to contact you because you're 16. But I guarantee yep. you when you're 17, 18, not even 18, but like, when you're 17, they're going to be yep. reaching out to you as long as you're doing everything correctly. You're stopping, starting instead of rounding off and going it's back a, it's to a play. It, like, it's a perfect example. Like, if you're 16, right, and you're fucking tearing it up, tearing it up, tearing it up, and the next year, you know, you try to contact the team. You're like, yeah, I remember you. You tore it up, but you were a dickhead that was caught, you know, fucking around at a hotel, pissing in an ice machine. Yep. We don't want you. You know what I mean? Just we don't want you. stories. Like, you just truly yep. don't know. Because the hockey world is such a small community. Yep, and, absolutely. And let's be honest. I mean, we're – I'll break it down to you. We're a small podcast. You know, we started out small. But now, you know, we have NHL guys on. And it's because word of mouth. It's one of yep. those things that, you know, one guy just has to say, hey, Dusty Dines podcast. You know, I truly enjoyed going on there. You guys should go talk to him one day. But that's – Dude, it's like, I just, it's like I just sent to you. You know what I mean? I, I, we literally had John Madden follow us on Twitter. Yep. NHL, NHL legend John Madden. Like – Come on. And it, it truly is just because the way you carry yourself, you know, how professionally you treat other people. And, you yep. know, it doesn't mean that even if you don't have a C or an A on your chest, you know, on your jersey, it doesn't need, mean that you don't have to act that way off the ice. Like, treat, yeah. treat every other team professional, just professionally, just the way that you want to be treated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. That's the one thing I stress. I always stress to my players, I'll treat you the same way you want to be treated. Right. And, if you're gonna treat me like a bag of you know bag of shit, by all means, you're gonna you're gonna get treated like a bag of shit. Exactly, and you're gonna hate practice. And I never try to go out and bag teams because let's be honest, you don't learn anything from it. You just get conditioning. But yesterday, yep. I had to bag my team for the first time ever in my coaching career, and it was because of not losing a game, but it was because we lost the game internally. We we bitched at each other. We pointed fingers at each other. You know, I stress to everyone: we all bleed the same color. No matter if yep. you're black, you're white, you're purple, you're orange, doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter your race, your religion, does I don't give a shit, right? And it matters yep. on what's inside, you know, your heart, man. If you truly give a shit and you care about hockey and you want to go above and beyond, you'll look out for your teammates. Like I said, even if they have a shitty game, you're going to pick them up. I, Absolutely. I never want to have to deal with a player that is – Oh, you have a bad game. Well, you shouldn't play tomorrow. You're a bag of dicks. Like I hate that. You, you, no kid should ever have to go through that at any level. No, not at all. But sorry, that was my rant. That's one of those things. That no, you're I, good. I deal you're with, good. And I, I hate <laughs> seeing it personally because I never want to see a kid get bullied. Uh, yep. On and off the ice, I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't, and I'll, I guarantee you, I'm, I'm one of those people that will stick up for those type of kids that do get bullied. And it, it's just, it's not right. It's fucked up. It, plain and simple. It is. 
but it is. But real quick, let's let's change up the you know, uh, let's change the things up a little bit. So real quick, when it comes to your hockey merchandise, um, a lot of you guys know you should go check out Goodwood Hockey. Uh, GoodwoodHockey.com is where our friend Kelly has partnered up with Team USA gold medal winner John Schiavo uh, to re- to create a brand that gives back. And honestly, Goodwood Hockey is has been close with us since our first or second podcast. Uh, for us at Dusty Dines, we truly love to hear about the positivity that they spread with their merchandise. Um, if you guys want to help out and, you know, that truly, truly want to help out, uh, go to GoodwoodHockey.com and purchase, purchase yourself a Score Nebula t-shirt. You can purchase it in an adult size or a youth size. Um, it is unisex, so it's, you know, boys or girl. Um, and the sick part is a portion of the proceeds will go directly to those in need of clean water. So, again, um, go check out GoodwoodHockey.com. Yeah, guys. And also, if you're in, uh, you're in the market for a new stick or new gloves, uh, go check out 88 Hockey on Instagram and Facebook. They, uh, they have all your needs with a low kick and a mid kick, and their mitts are pretty sick as well. They also got hats and T-shirts, uh, like, you know, Under Armour shirts for, you know, dry fit for the game. And go check them out at AT8 Hockey on Instagram and Facebook. I think other than that, I mean, uh, who else we got, brother? Oh, we also got Dangle Productions. Go get, if you guys need jerseys, uh, men's league, kids league, youth league, whatever you want league. Go check them out at uh, Dangle Productions on um, Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, Mike, uh, we got some we got some good things in the works here uh, coming up with uh new new sponsors and uh other people coming on as well yeah stay tuned because uh us and got a hockey uh teamed up together and we will have mock-ups of new t-shirts um so we will be selling them we haven't figured out a price yet we're talking to our our, um, rep right now so once we get a price figured out we will release them through facebook and also our, our instagram page and i believe got a hockey um, we'll also be releasing them on their Facebook page. So if you guys want to stay tuned, go to our Instagram, Dusty Dimes 1256. And if not, go to the Facebook, um, Gotta Hockey, G O T T A Hockey. And then uh, it'll keep you guys posted. But other than that, yeah, stay dusty. Stay dusty, folks. Have a good one. You too.